I wasn't the best soccer player. I wasn't the best basketball player. I wasn't, you know, an elite track runner or any of that stuff. But I, I was really good at working hard. And I found a sport that rewarded those that were kind of willing to suffer the most. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Welcome back to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. And I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. And we are excited to be with you here today. I will tell you this, we are in a series, as you know, if you're a regular listener, uh, and we're talking about the you don't get what you want. And I'll tell you what, this third one is going to be, uh, this one's going to be good, folks. Uh, as you know, right before every podcast, Dr. Stephen, you and I jump on, we, we get a chance to chat about, what do you think we're going to chat about on this one? What, what are we going to dig into? And I'm excited to dig into this one because number one, it's going to be very convicting. And number two, it's going to be extremely uh, motivating, inspiring as well. So I'm really excited about this, Dr. Steven. If you're just tuning in, welcome to this, the podcast. Uh, we're so happy to have you with us. If you're a regular listener, uh, just so good to be together with you uh, each and every week. Um, again, this is part three of a series. Part one, if you didn't catch it, was you don't get what you want. You get what you measure and reward. That was part one. Part two is you don't get what you want you get what you model. And today, part three, you don't get what you want. You get what you tolerate. Dr. Steven, let's dig in. Yeah, Dr. Pete, this is a big boy, big girl pants conversation. Right? So for my CEOs out there, uh, listen up. So this is, um, this is going to be one that uh, turns the lights on right for you, and which is great news. This is great news, right? Like as CEOs, what we like is brutal facts, right? So brutal facts. Listen, we're all on purpose. We're all on mission. We all want to make a bigger impact and make a bigger income. If that's you, then get out your pen and a piece of paper because we're going to get after it today. Because what we're going to be talking about here today is ultimately where success lives in a sustainable way, in a predictable and sustainable way. And that is when you have alignment, right? And when you have alignment between three things, very specific things, your core values, your vision story, and your behaviors, right? So the core values are, what are the things that are most important here for you and your business, right? So your vision story is, what does success look like? Like, where are we going, right? Like, what's the next iteration of this business 12 months from now, based on where we're going to be three to five years from now, the ultimate view, right? So the, when you have alignment between your core values and your vision story, the, the next thing to line up has got to be your behaviors, right? So these behaviors are how do you choose to invest your time, energy, focus, and money, for example, right? So these behaviors, Dr. Pete, this is where we all fall down, right? And so um, listen, remarkable does not imply perfect, right? So I want to make sure that you don't shoulder that load and just recognize that you've got to keep a clear eye on your core values and your vision story. Make sure that your behaviors, the choices that you make, you know, and the things that you tolerate line up specifically, they're in alignment, right? So otherwise that's gonna to lead to stress. It's gonna to lead to struggle. It's gonna to lead to tension. It's gonna to lead to rubs and breakdown, right? This is where you have subluxation, right? Between your core values, your vision story and your behaviors, right? Have you have any 
contradiction. Contradiction leads to destruction, right? And the degree of destruction is a reflection of the degree of the contradiction, right? Sound familiar, right? So that's what that means though. Ultimately, this is a conversation around behaviors, right? So we're gonna, we're gonna look at this um, from the perspective of, listen, you have the exact business that you deserve. Okay, I'm gonna say that again. You have the exact business that you deserve, right? And I want you, I want you to receive that in a way that makes you feel like, you know what? I want to be empowered by this conversation, right? I want to be empowered by this conversation. There's no judgment in that, right? There's no righteousness in that, right? There's, there is a level of conviction in that, right? But, you know, from that conviction, what we're going to say is, all right, so what are you going to do with it, right? Because all of you, all of us at all times should be thinking, how can I better this environment? How can I better this business? How can I better this impact? How can I better our reach? How can I better our team? How can I better our, our execution? Because we're in the business of saving lives, right? So we're going to act like it. And this conversation, this is, this is going to get after it. And we're going to look at it from, the, from, the, from a framework of, you know, you don't get what you want. You get what you tolerate when it comes to yourself as a leader, from your team who you need to recruit to help you manifest that, and from the patients that you get to lead, right? So you don't get what you want, Dr. Pete. You get what you tolerate. And, and I'm going to go out here and I'm going to say, leaders, you don't have the luxury to tolerate things for long. So I think I just want to be very clear here that, you know, our, our, our role, you know, in this podcast is to continue to keep us, you know, you on that knife edge when it comes to, you know, being a remarkable CEO, it's real easy to get distracted in the, in life and in the, in business and life, it's really easy to get, get pulled to the left or to the right. Our hope is that you would stay focused, right? Because the difference between busy and productive is, is your ability to focus. And I'll tell you who depends on that. Your, your family depends on you to be focused. Your, your team depends on you to be focused, your patients, your community, our profession. So this is why this is important. You, you, you are a leader, right? You're listening to this podcast. You're a leader. You're leading people. If you're the CEO of your business, you are leading a team and you're leading your community. And if you, here's the thing, where, where, does, where does the fish stink, right? The fish stink starts, it starts from the head, right? So you've got to get to the, the, the head. You got to get to the, the start of it. So if, if it's off with you, it's going to trickle down, okay? You don't have the luxury to be out of alignment for long. I'm not saying we're not out of alignment. I'll be the first guy to say, man, and you get adjusted right? Like I'm, I've been off. I've been out of alignment. My behavior has not, not been in alignment congruent with my, with what I value. And I don't know about you, but I have a pretty strong, um, I have a pretty strong sense of conviction when it comes to, um, you know, my misalignments. Uh, maybe it's just the way that I was raised or just a consciousness of, of my behaviors and um, my moral compass or something like that. I don't know what it is, but like, if my behavior is off, like I get a check like in, inside my sphere. Like, I don't know about you guys, but you know what happens when you feel like, you know what, I'm doing the wrong thing, but you go and do it anyway. That thing that checks in you, what happens when can happen is we can actually learn how to just do it anyway and just keep doing it anyway. And that is, that's the issue is when, when, you be, when you do something that's incongruent or out of alignment with what you value behaviorally, one time that's a, that's okay. But when you repeat it, when you get into the rhythm of being out of alignment and that's something you be, that's tolerating, right? So one time that's a mistake. 
Okay. One's a mistake. We all make mistakes. You know, it could be even an accident. Could be, it could have been an accident. I totally did that accidentally. Okay. The second, it's a mistake, right? You repeat that again. Okay. Now that's an issue because now you've begun to tolerate that right now, 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 now there's going to be, there's consequences. We were talking about consequences, Dr. Steven earlier. We talk about our kids. There's consequences when you're a leader and you, and you tolerate behaviors. And this is all about behaviors. When you tolerate your behaviors in yourself that undermine, and you may say, I'm not really sure the direct cause and effect. Well, guess what? I would err on the side of the cause coming from you and going into your own life, analyzing your life. Because if you're looking at your team, you're looking at your practice, you're looking at your life and you're saying, you know, I'm not sure why this effect is going on. I'm going to go back and say, you know, let's start with me. And so the behaviors is where am I acting? Where am I behaving that's incongruent with the outcomes that I want to create based on the vision that I, I see as being what's, what is success? And based on what I have as my core values, the things that matter the most to me, the things that are my operating system, where, where am I incongruent? And I'm going to say this, if, if we don't, as leaders, take time on a regular basis just quiet, peace, just being quiet and just think about how am I doing? How am I doing with my behaviors? How, how have I been doing living in alignment with my values, with my vision? It's easy to not slow down and stop. We talk about slow down, right? Speed up. This is one of those slow down moments right here in this podcast today. I really want you as a leader to think about, okay, where am I out of alignment where have I had that check where something is off, but I've allowed, I've tolerated it. And you know what? No, I'm not going to tolerate it any longer. I know right now I'm speaking because I know as I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to myself. Okay. And I already have things that are popping up in me that I'm like, you know what? That area, you've done that. You've, you've been tolerating that. And I have no idea with what not tolerating is going to produce, but I'm going to, I'm willing to go there, doc. Doc, you know, I'm willing to say, you know what? I feel convicted and I feel like I just got an invitation to go ahead and make some adjustments in my life. And I, I don't know what exactly the outcome is going to be, but I really believe if I can make an adjustment here, because I've been tolerating, I'll, I'll just, let, let me be, be brutally honest with you. I've been tolerating in my life being critical. I'm just going to be real. And I'm going to throw it back to you, Dr. Stephen, once I throw myself under the bus. I've tolerated I'm not going to go to town on this because I could go really deep, but it goes deep into my heart. But I've tolerated in my life being critical, being a critical person, I, critical of, of, of other people, critical of myself. I have. Um, and this is what I've, this is the t story I've told myself. But you're good at it and people need you to be critical because it really helps them. But at the end of the day, it actually isn't. I'm not saying that having a, a critical eye and being able to see things and, and have that isn't ha, doesn't have its benefits. What it was, was it wasn't the critical eye. It was the critical tongue. And there's a big difference between what I see, a, the ability to see something and how I respond. So good. Yeah. And so what I, what I realized was I was tolerating in my own life with my, with my wife, with my children, with myself, with other people, I was tolerating a critical eye and a critical voice. And I made a decision 
in the last, just even in the last few weeks, I am not tolerating the voice of the critic in my life anymore. Not going to do it. And I'll tell you what, I'm on a journey right now of, of disciplining myself. I've got accountability in my family. I've got accountability with myself. I am will not tolerate. I do not, do not tolerate me doing that. Do not tolerate this guy, that old person, that person who I allowed to talk. And I linked it to what it was, was doc, that I believed I needed to be that person to be successful, influential, to be able to have the control or whatever in my life or whatever it might be, whatever it's in my personal life or my business, whatever. And I'll tell you what, that was a flawed way, a subluxed way of thinking. It was out of alignment. It was incongruent with my values, right? It was, in, in a, it was out of line with my own values, out of integrity. And I suffer because of that and other people do were as well. So that's just, I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. Great, great distinction. You know, the idea of having a critical eye, which is the gift and having a critical tongue, right? And having that critical voice. And I think, you know, I'm certainly closing my eyes, not in my head right now on this, right? So um, I'm sure many that's probably landed with you, whether it was with your spouse or whether it was with your children, maybe it's with yourself, right? So it's like, literally what people, you know, they, they, they need from you and expect from you is that gifting, that critical eye, help me see things, right? Uh, but when I hear things coming from you, let me hear compassion, right? So let me hear that um, framed in love, right? So with my best interest at heart and a, and a sensitivity around that. So, uh, man, um, if I weren't talking right now, I'd be taking notes, right? So this is something that, you know, I think we all walk with a limp here, especially leaders, you know, it's just like as a leader, you know, whether you're leading your family or you're leading your team or you're leading your patients or leading your communities, now more, now more than ever, we probably could use an extra dose of grace uh, with everybody, just recognizing everybody's just having, you know, an extraordinary time right now. So as much as we could have clarity of view and have that critical eye serve us and them, it's how we deliver that message, right? So it's a great illustration of tolerance. So when we talk about ourselves, it's like, all right, so where does the breakdown happen for us as a leader? Is it what we're tolerating from ourselves as far as behavior? How are your morning rituals, right? How are you doing as far as getting to work getting to the office ready and prepared? How are you as far as being timely? How are you as far as being sensitive to the needs of the other people around you? How are you as far as following your process and your systems, the expectations and agreements that you've already laid out with your team and your patients? How are you doing with that? Okay, let's take a quick break and talk about Cairo Matchmakers. Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the right person for the job. If you're looking to hire the ideal chiropractic assistant, Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the specific person missing from your team so that you can get back to using your talents to serve more people. Or if you're looking to hire the ideal associate doctor, CMM can help. Cairo Matchmakers helps chiropractors like you find the ideal associate doctor to unlock your practice potential and get you the freedom that you desire. To learn more, go to chiromatchmakers.com. There are only two types of chiropractic practices in the world today. Those who have been educating their patients, those that wish they had. And it's not too late to start. Let us help you. Our TRP practices flourished during this pandemic. They have proven the model. They did what works and they have reaped the rewards. Most TRP practices saw best weeks, best months, best quarters, 
best years during the pandemic, not just despite the pandemic. I suggest because they had prepared their practices and patients for the pandemic. This will not be our last crisis. This was not our last storm. Will your practice be ready for the next one? I invite you to join us in Chicago for the remarkable Retention Immersion October 22nd and 23rd, 2021, live and in person. Bring your team and join us. Go to theremarkablepractice.com forward slash events to register today. And now let's jump right back into our conversation. All right. So write down your own personal behaviors. How are you? Are you getting checked regularly? Are you getting adjusted regularly? How's your diet style? How's your movement patterns? How's your thought life? How's your sleep patterns? Right? So all of these things, we have exactly the health that we deserve. Right? So right now you just ask yourself, it's like, okay, so when, when I think about that, do, do I, do I, am I empowered by that? Right? Or am I, am, am I receiving that in a way it's like, man, that's just like, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually just a victim of my circumstances, right? So like that's disempowering. So we want to, we want to have a CEO conversation right now where you feel empowered, where you feel like, okay, so I've got a clear picture of where I'm, where I am right now, where I want to be next and what behaviors I need to change to get me there. So that's just me as a leader, right? Mm -hmm. So then you look at your team and you say, my team is looking at me also, right? And in my experience, Dr. Pete, um, the team, you know, you're going to set the high watermark most likely, you know, so it, at least in a sustainable way. And there were times when, you know, I would look around and I would be frustrated at my team and I'd be like, you know what? I have exactly the team I deserve right now. <laughs> right? And I always found that to be really convicting and really empowering. Right. So encouraging might be a strong word. <laughs> so, uh, I found it empowering though, where I said, man, what have I been tolerating with my team? Have yeah. I been tolerating just letting anything but an A player on my team? Did I start with good wood, right? Did I have an A player? Do I, have I tolerated that or have I telling myself stories, right? Like I tolerate that B player or that C player right now, because frankly, I don't have the time, the bandwidth and the energy to try to replace them. Like the idea of trying to replace that person, man, that is way more work than just tolerating them right now, even though they suck in their position, right? And, I, and I've told myself stories like that before. Do I, have I tolerated having a wrong person in the wrong seat, right? Somebody's in the wrong seat because you know what? It's what they want or what they prefer. This I'm telling stories, right? Oh, they've been here forever. Do I have them doing the wrong work? Right. They're focused on that. And I've just tolerated that. I haven't had the discipline of identifying for them exactly where I wanted them to focus. Or maybe it's them just not doing it the right way. Maybe either our systems are the shortcoming. Maybe our systems are broken, broken model. Maybe there's a breakdown yeah. in execution, whether that's yeah. because people have gotten lazy. We've drifted from the system that we laid out or we've just let our training go sideways. Man, I've, I've looked around on my team and said, I've got exactly the team I deserve right now because we have not been committed to training. I have, yeah. I have tolerated weak trainings, right? So man, you know, there's so many ways for this to go sideways. And, you know, the reality is, is it can feel a bit overwhelming, but if you have the, 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 the lens to look at everything and say, I have exactly the team that I deserve right now. I don't get what I want. I get what I tolerate. What have I been tolerating? And, you know, there's been seasons conversely where I've looked around and I'd be like, I have exactly the team I deserve right now. 
They are awesome. We've made bringing A players into this business a high priority. We've got the right people in the right seats. We have not tolerated anything but that. We just kept working until we got that right butt in the right seat. And then we made sure that they knew what the right work looked like and they have them doing it the right way. Man, our trainings have been world-class. We haven't tolerated anything but world-class trainings. And man, the fruit of that has been extraordinary. And looking around, we have exactly the team that we deserve. You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about myself. I'm thinking about all of you who are listening. And I'm thinking, you're thinking to yourself, well, what do I do now? As I reflect on where we're at. So um, Dr. Steven, you said a bunch of really important things. And one of the things that I've always held true to myself, it's just a standard thing, but I like to hold myself accountable, which is my floor is their ceiling. So as far as philosophically, like if, as, as my philosophy and my philosophical clarity and conviction and, and my philosophical understanding is going to be my floor will be their ceiling for my team. And then, and then my job, so my job was philosophically to pour into them because I said their floor will be the, the ceiling of my patients. So I always think of floor and ceilings and I, I don't know why that works for me, but it works it. for me. And so I'm always trying to raise the bar so that for me, my, the floor goes up and their ceiling goes up. And I just think of that because I know I have to continually be holding myself to an even higher standard. So then this is there. So whether it's philosophically or, or, or whatever area you want to look at, so that's the first thing. Second thing is this, you can't go back to the beginning, but you can create a new beginning. And here's how, this, here's how I've learned how to do that. It's called apologize. <laughs> It's called apologize. There's something that's really powerful when a leader can apologize for not knowing or not doing what they know to do. It's, it, it can be really powerful with the team. So for example, if you hired somebody, but you did not do a really great hire interviewing process and you didn't onboard them thoroughly and you didn't really give them a clear you know, role and description and, and, and it's been a little bit wonky ever kind of since the beginning, you know what you can do? You can't go back to the beginning, but you can create a new beginning. And the way that you do that is you apologize. Okay. That's how you start it. Right? It starts with recognizing, right? The first thing that I as CEO do is one of the things we do really good is we identify. Identify is one of the, what, a real powerful trait of a great leader is identify what's going on here. So to tolerate, first thing we have to do is if we're an area of, of tolerate, if we've tolerated we have to identify it, okay? So we need to have perspective. We need to see it. Then once we see it, then we say, okay, what is that area with the people, with the team? So the next step would then be, all right, so I'm going to apologize either publicly to the whole group or to an individual. And you say, listen, Stephen, I need to apologize, you know, for this and that and the other thing, whatever that might be. And say, you know what I'd love to do? I'd love for us if we could kind of see where we've not done things right. And let's, let's recommit to doing this right, right? If, if this is a person that, that you want to, you want to keep around and say, do, you know, are you good with that? You know, could, could we recommit and then go back to the beginning and say, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to go about this in a new way. I'd like to do this the way that it should be done because maybe I didn't know this and I'd like to do this right. So would you, are you willing, can, can we do this together? Do you agree to walk with me through this? So let's reset expectations. Let's re make agreements. Let's relook at your role. Let's redefine this. Hey, we haven't been training. We totally have gone off the bandwagon. I used to do it back in the day. But you've been hired and you haven't had it, or you've been with me for a season. Now you haven't had it because 
you've had it and then not had it, you're probably like, I don't know whether it's important or not. I don't know. Right. So I've done that to you. Okay. So I'm going to, I want to apologize. Okay. First, second, get a re-agree on what the expectations are going to be, whatever that might be. Say, so, okay, we're going to get back to training again, or we're going to do our meetings, but we're going to meet this way. We're going to have an organized meeting. Or we're not going to let our training deteriorate into a meeting. Or we're not going to tolerate letting new patients take over our meeting and be like, oh, well, we'll push it to next week or whatever. We're not going to tolerate, you name the thing, right? So apologize. Then, then, then number one, reset expectations, number two, and make that agreement with your people. And then number three is execute. Go back to the founded, the basics. And when it comes to the team, there's a few rhythms that I see. Number one, your team training. Blocking a time simply to pour into your, pe- your team and to be together with nobody else in the office, shut her down, lock the doors. It's quiet and you get to focus. Focus on what? What we do. How do we do what we do and do it better? Train. You know what? That's commit to that every week. Every single week we do this. Number two, commit to meet with your whole team every week to talk about and discuss the, the business, to identify how are we doing, to discuss what do we need to discuss, to start solving things, right? We do this on a regular cadence every week. Do that. That's, that, you, that is a gift to your team to do that, to block that time. Do that. And the third is make sure you give your people, each one of them an individual, give them clarity around what the objectives are for the role and exactly what's expected of them, what the priorities are for their position, how you're going to measure that, manage that. Start doing that. These things, I'll tell you what, if you should, and these aren't not simple, but if you do these things consistently, you will see that relationship with that person, even if it started sideways, get right back on track. And if it doesn't, you know what? Hey, we got to go our separate ways. And that's also totally cool. And I'm going to do better the next time. So anyway, actually, that, that, that's kind of my approach when I think about the yeah, team. I love because if, if I catch this in the middle of a podcast and I'm like in the middle of, and I'm like, oh man, I got, I'm surrounded by a team right now. What do I do? That to me would be, and then there's other things we could talk through, but that's a good, maybe a place to start. Like all things, you know, I think, you know, inside out is, you know, a good a visual on this. I always picture that like a concentric ring, you know, where you as the leader are at the center and then you go one concentric ring out and you have your team and then you go another concentric out and you have your patients and then you go another concentric out ring out and you're, you know, in the community. I love that concept of floor, floor ceiling. I sketched out a little infographic while you were talking there. I think it's a great visual. I really love that. Um, you know, as we, as we look as, you know, we have to have integrity around all of these things, right? So if you always go inside out, like start with yourself, be like, okay, am I in check? Check my, check my behaviors here because you can never get your team to sustainably do what you're not doing, right? Just like you can't get your patients to do what you and your team are doing, right? So it's just like, you just have to go, go all the way back, go to start with yourself inside out, go outward ring to the team. And then we get and spill into our patient base, right? So our patient base, you know, they're just kids, <laughs> just like children, just like raising, we're raising, we're raising successful human beings, right? Inside of a chiropractic office, right? And just like kids can, they'll listen to 20% of what you say, but they see 100% of what you do, right? And you got to remember that. It's just like, your team is just watching you and your patients, right? So, I mean, your, excuse me, your patients are just watching you and your team. Uh, and just like with parenting, there's no bad kids, just, this is bad parenting. There's no bad patients, this, you know, we've just had bad leadership, right? So they might be great people, but bad patients, because we really haven't been super clear around what does an ideal patient look like? How do they behave? And then we haven't set up expectations and agreements with those people, or we've tolerated them breaking down 
those expectations and agreements, right? So every time you tolerate a behavior, you've just set a new agreement, right? So every time you tolerate a behavior, you've just created a new agreement. We're going to tolerate that. Oh, apparently they tolerate that now because the last three times I've missed an appointment, nobody said anything. So I guess we tolerate that behavior. If I show up early and expect to be seen early, I guess we tolerate that. Hey, if I just show up late, it doesn't really matter. I guess the uh, appointment time is just a suggestion. They just throw me back and I get like, uh, they told me that um, we don't do consultation during the adjustment that, you know, but I can ask all the questions I want and the doctor will stay until I've been satisfied. I guess I can do consultations. Like they say that I have to go to workshop, you know, in the first two weeks of care to make sure that I understand my role in the health and healing but I haven't been to workshop and six weeks in, I guess I don't have to go to workshop, right? So there's all these things where you're just like, what are we tolerating? You know, so remember you have exactly the patience you deserve, <laughs> right? Again, no judgment, but high conviction. Just look around and be like, I do. I have exactly the patience I deserve. Maybe your patients are awesome. 80% of them are awesome. 20% of them are a disaster. I get that, right? So it's like, you have exactly the patient you deserve. Doctors, CEOs, leaders, this is, this is empowering. That means that we have influence here. We're not at effect, right? So we have, we have influence here. That's how you have to take this perspective of like, I've got exactly the practice I deserve because I don't get what I want. I get what I tolerate, right? So, you know, you might look around and say, actually, uh, things are sideways <laughs> around here. And uh, I can actually chase it all the way upstream and figure out where this thing went awry and, uh, and recognize that, yeah, you know what? I've, I've got some corrections to make here, right? So I'm gonna start with myself. I'm gonna then get with my team. Then I'm gonna get with my patients. And I'm gonna start with that same, set, same correction um, methodology, which is to apologize, right? And to be able to say, Pete, listen, First thing I want to do is I want to apologize. I've really let your care get off of track here. Right? We've been completely off the rails. And I just want to, I just want to recognize that. And uh, you know what? I'm going to take responsibility around that as you know, my perspective is you hire me for my expertise, but you pay me for accountability. We had an agreement, right? So you showed up and we agreed on what the problem was and how it was affecting your life and review that. And then we had an agreement around goals, what we're trying to accomplish together. These were our objectives. We had immediate goals, short-term goals, long-term goals. Right. And we agreed on that. Right. So and then we laid out a care plan for you and we said, this is what you need to do to get what you want. Right. So this is your job. This is my job. We talked about the three legged stool of getting your adjustments and rhythm so that I can actually do my best work for you. and We could get you the results you're looking for. We talked about you breaking the bad habits outside of here. Right. So that you're not interfering with our work. Right. And then to add the exercises that you need to do to strengthen your spine. So you hold your adjustments longer and we can make the, the progress that we both want. Right. So, you know, unfortunately here, as I look back over the last six weeks, six months, whatever it is, guys, just say, we've just let this whole thing go sideways. So I'm going to suggest, you know what, it's time for us to re to make a connection, make a correction. Let's do a course correction here. Let's get this thing back on track so that we can get you the results that you're looking for. I want to start with a new examination. We're going to take some new films. We're going to sit down. We're going to talk about that. We're going to lay out a new set of goals and a care plan. Dr. Pete, I want to give you my best work so you get the best possible results. Okay. How does that sound to you? Like, it's just a come to Jesus moment where you can just say, let me take ownership over it. Let's lay it out. And let's recognize that, you know what, this is exactly what they want from us. Yeah. They want us to step up, step up and be a leader. Okay. Like literally that's what they are paying us for. Right. So they hire us for our expertise. They pay us for accountability. 
So at the end of the day, we know that accountability means them actually doing the things that we've told them to do, start doing this and stop doing that so that we can actually deliver on a promise, right? And it was a promise that if you come into our practice and you do what I tell you to do, right? So you start doing this, you stop doing that, you're going to change your health outcomes and you're going to change your health experience for you and for your entire family. So doc, you know what, at the end of the day, let's take a look around the landscape of your life, of your business, of your practice, recognize that you've got the exact business that you deserve, right? And that should be encouraging. You have the exact team that you deserve and that should be encouraging. You have the exact patient base that you deserve, right? At the end of the day, you don't get what you want, you get what you tolerate. So you gotta ask yourself right now, tomorrow's a new day. You're gonna head back into that practice and everyone's gonna be looking at you because you're the leader. And you have to ask yourself, what are my new standards for myself, for my team, for my patients? And then get some alignment consciousness between your core values, your vision story, and your behaviors. Now stick around for Dr. Stevens' interview with remarkable CEO doc and mindset expert, Dr. Justin Brown. What's up, Remarkables? Hey, this is Dr. Stephen Franzen here with a just a special featured interview with one of our own Remarkable CEOs. This is Dr. Justin Brown. Dr. Justin, great to see you, man. Thanks so much for uh, joining the podcast. Thank you, Dr. Stephen. I appreciate the opportunity to share with all the Remarkables out there. Hey, man, you're an awesome chiropractor. Great guy, wonderful husband, father. I mean, I'm just really proud to have you part of our organization and uh, proud to call you a friend and a colleague. Uh, but there's a uniqueness to you uh, that I wanted to bring to light uh, here for our CEO audience that I think they'll find incredibly interesting and valuable. And I'm sure there's going to be plenty of lessons that are going to transfer into practice. Uh, you've recently competed in the CrossFit Games as a CrossFit athlete. I think that's just extraordinary. As a CrossFitter, um, I have a, I, I think of a window into, uh, you know, number one, how extraordinary that is. It's so impressive. Um, I have a sense of what that takes. I've done some CrossFit competitions myself, but that's like saying I've played some pickup basketball you know, compared to the NBA. Uh, but man, I just admire that. Um, and really, uh, it has everything to do with what we're going to talk about here today, which is the mindset of a champion, right? So um, I've got some questions for you. We're going to be fast and furious. Uh, we're going to really uh, just kind of unpack uh, really what was going through your mind in three different stages of this process in the preparation stage, the actual competition stage, and also in the uh, aftermath, right? So the uh, sort of post win hangover, if you will. So let's talk mindset. So first, um, you got to be out of your mind to think you can compete in the CrossFit Games. <laughs> you got to be out of your mind to uh, choose to prepare for something like that and put yourself through something like that. Um, for those of uh, our listeners who might not know what the CrossFit Games are, why don't you give us just like a one minute on that? Uh, and then really, I want to I hear from you. It's like, what is the mental preparation uh, to get to it and through it when it comes to, you know, the year before, the quarter before, the two months before, one month before, week before, day before, et cetera. Give us a sense of what was going through your mind. Bro, what were you thinking? All right. So there's a lot to unpack right there, but uh, we're going we're gonna to go back. Yeah, if you're not familiar with CrossFit, I mean, essentially it's um, anything and everything related fitness. So anything from running to weightlifting, gymnastics, um, short, long, you know, basically it's one sport that you don't actually know what you're going to do when you show up to the competition. So it's very unique in that. Um, so essentially the, the goal of CrossFit is to find the world's fittest. 
So um, you mentioned you have to be out of your mind to think you can go and compete with the world's fittest humans, right? And that's basically the mindset is you have to be out of your mind. <laughs> you can't actually think you're going to do that. You basically have to make a decision that you're going to try to achieve this thing. And I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, we look at any big, hairy, audacious goal, you have to decide. And that's the big challenge because there's so many voices that will tell you, it's going to be too much sacrifice. It's going to be too hard. You're going to get injured. It's, it's not worth the hit. It's, you know, there's so many reasons not to, but for me, it was really just unfinished business. Um, you know, I was, I was a mediocre athlete, um, in high school and, uh, kind of committed fully to, um, myself as a professional going through college, didn't play any college sports, didn't do gym. I'm not a gymnast. I'm not an Olympic weightlifter. I have no real reason to think I should be competing against these guys that were like Olympic hopefuls in, or played professional sports. And now they're 40 and they're like, okay, I'm going to go kick it around with the other guys that just can't stop scratching this itch. So for, for all the reasons in the world, I shouldn't have been out there. Right. So I had no business being out there, but in my own mind, I, I had unfinished business because I never felt like I had completely actualized, self-actualized as an athlete. Like I was always the guy that would like hustle the hardest. I would always win the sprints when, you know, at the end of basketball practice, when, you know, everybody's complaining, I'd be the guy that like, we're just spewing his guts out. You know, I was the guy that would like win the runs at the beginning of soccer practice, but I wasn't the best soccer player. I wasn't the best basketball player. I wasn't, you know, an elite track runner or any of that stuff. I wasn't, in, you know, a top bodybuilder or any of that stuff, but I, I was really good at working hard. And I found a sport that rewarded those that were kind of willing to suffer the most. And, and I like that, you know, I like, and I, I just want to double click on that for a second. So uh, I love, I love the way you put that. So you found a sport that rewarded people for working the hardest. Uh, I think that's extraordinary. <laughs> I think that's a notable thing. And for my note takers out there, because I know there's lots of them, that's something to, uh, to, to, to scratch down on a piece of paper and put on a post-it note and put that on your mirror. So uh, love that, bro. Keep going. Don't mean to interrupt you. I'm just going to poke around. Yeah, please do. So um, yeah, ultimately it was really just a decision. I mean, I was like, I'm, I'm curious, like, I'm curious if I fully committed to this goal, this target, like, what would happen? Like, and when I say fully commit, I'm talking like sports psychologists, nutrition, meal prep, um, you know, getting gymnastics coaching, getting like, I've got coaches that coach that program for me, having Olympic weightlifting coaching, you know, basically I bought a building. I, I, I literally set up a gym. I opened a CrossFit gym, you know, essentially in the year's preparation for this. So, I mean, when I say commit, I mean, <laughs> you are dabbling, bro. You are dabbling. I mean, I'm, not, I'm just giving you guys, cause I'm talking to CEOs here. I mean, I'm giving you the real story. This was a, you know, a, a true like five-year commitment. So good, man. And I and love full, that. And, and the other point, like full support by the people that love me most. They're like, go for it. You know? And, and once I got that green light, it was like, who am I not to go for? Like, why would I ever wonder what if I did fully commit? Like, how good could I get? And how that translates into, you know, inside and outside of sports, fitness, health, et cetera, is like to your business or what have you. It's, you know, that full level of commitment. There was no question, man. So, you know, burn the boats. I love that expression is like, you know, you bought a building, opened a gym, you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm creating an environment where it's going to be easier for me to be successful. And you recruited everybody that you needed around you to support you. 
Uh, and I know your awesome wife and I know that she's your biggest fan and how critical that is. So whether we're talking about your business or, you know, this competition, what have you, it's so critical that we create those environments and we recruit those people where we're going to need their support. You know, we can't, it's, this can't be competing with other things that are going on in your life, um, especially when it comes to your relationships. So I love that, bro. All right. So um, next question is really about during the battle. Okay. So during the competition, so preparing, I, I, you know, if it's anything like what I've heard, the preparation's harder than the actual competition because we all love to compete, right? We love the, when the, when that whistle blows, when the horn sounds, you know, when the battle is on, there's, there's a certain adrenaline, there's a charge, there's an energy that you, there's a gear you didn't know you had. Uh, man, I'm getting goosebumps as I described it. <laughs> so, you know, what was the hardest part, man? Was like, what, what, at what point were you like, this sucks? What am I thinking? I want to quit. Like, give us, let's, let's go there, that dark moment right there, because we, we know that it happened at least once. Where were you ready to just be like, oh my gosh, I've completely blown it. Or what was I thinking? Or I can't believe I'm, I'm, I find myself in this moment right now. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many different events and there's so many highs and lows that, that come along with it. I mean, the first event was, uh, was good for me in that it was a run. Um, I'm a good distance runner. And, uh, so I was, I spent the majority of that run in second place. I, I did finish third, but you know, when, you know, your first time at the CrossFit Games and, you know, you finish top three, you know, the first event, it was like a beautiful entry for me into that world stage to be like, hey, like, I do belong, you know, uh, you know, I, it wasn't something that I was going to get over amped for, you know, it's four and a half miles. Right. So, you know, you're pretty sure like if you blow out that first two miles, you know, it's going to get super dark, super early. So, it was one of those like nice opening um, events for me to kind of settle in, build some confidence and, uh, you know, put, put up a good, you know, result. So I was, I was pleased with that. Um, and so that was a great way to enter into it, but yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, I, uh, it's just like anything, you know, when I say fully commit, like I spent so much time on my hands, like walking over obstacles, um, like, you know, I basically learned how to walk up and down like a ramp, like stairs on my hands with consistency. But I was doing that as skill work. And when it came to it, I was in this chipper that required 42 feet of unbroken handstand walks while you're already blown up because you've done all these GHDs. And, I, you know, I know the audience may not fully understand, but essentially it's like, you know, stressing every, you know, um, element of your of your muscle tissue. And then just flipping you upside down and you got to go 42 feet unbroken on your hands. So that's what I didn't fully prepare for. Yeah. You know, so the cool thing about competition is you get exposed. Right. And it's like as chiropractors, I think like there's certain areas in our practices that we're just brilliant at. And if we're honest with ourselves, there's areas where we could get so much better. And it doesn't matter what level you're at. Right. Like there's always areas where we were exposed. And so, so the fun part about the competition is you know, I did that first 42 feet unbroken and then it got real dark and it was real lonely out there on that field as I'm like getting 30 feet, you know, fall, you know, 25 feet fall. So I walked 250 feet on my hands, but I just didn't do it in 42 foot sections because I kept failing and kept failing and kept failing. So it got real lonely out there, but, um, you know, in the end, it was like, wow, this is awesome. Like, I didn't practice this 
this long, this fatigued. Um, and, and so I got exposed and it's just like, that's what happens when you go to that level of competition, you know, there's going to be people that just, that knock things out. And like, if I were to gotten to that 150 pound sandbag with those squats, you know, I, I know I would have been able to like make Crush a that. major time because I was tossing that around in the warm up area relative to the field. And I was just like, just get me to those get squats. To that yeah. I had to earn those squats. And, you know, that's the brilliance of the programming is that, you know, you got to earn, you know, those, uh, those strengths and you get exposed by your weaknesses. So okay. um, hey, I love yeah. that. And I'm going to try to extrapolate out, um, you know, something without contriving it. Right. I don't want to force it, but all I'm thinking about is, you know, CrossFit, you know, the, the motto is ready for anything. Right. So that's an individual sport, right. And you have to be ready for anything. And no one's awesome at everything, right? So the reality is, to your point, is the competition with its variety ex- is designed to expose you, right? So it's designed to expose your weakness and where you have exposure, that's where you have risk, right? Risk of failure or injury, right? Or both, right? So, you know, the beauty of what we do as chiropractors running these businesses, especially as CEOs, is that this is not an individual sport, right? As an owner operator, it's an individual sport. As a team, you know, as a CEO, you're running a team sport, right? And you don't have to be awesome at everything. You know, you have to build a team that's awesome at everything. So if you were doing the team event, right? So you would you would have elected out of walking on hands, even though you had trained for it, you're like, get me to that bag, right? So that 150 pound bag, I'm going to crush that thing. Somebody else is just better than me at the handstand walk, right? I can do it. I'm capable. It might take me 296 yards to get those 42 in, but you know, I, you're actually better for that. You're hardwired. That's your genius. So I love it, man. I love it. So third question, um, after the fact, right? So you get on the other side of this and just congratulations, brother. We're so proud of you. And you're such a great representation of, you know, not just a CrossFit athlete, but as a chiropractor, like representing chiropractic out there. I, if I were to handpick somebody, I would handpick you and throw you out in that field. So I love the fact that on a global stage, you represented chiropractic and did it so well uh, and so gracefully and successfully. So now you get on the other side of this thing and you're like, okay, um, what now? Right. So there can very often we can find ourselves like ringing the bell, hitting a goal and you get on the other side of it. And there's a hangover on the other side of that. I know I've experienced this myself and it can be crippling. Right. Like, so talk to me about that. You get on the other side of that thing and you wake up the next day and besides being sore as hell, you know, in your mind, where are you with like, what's next? Do you have, did you, did you, did, were you deliberate enough to have a goal on the other side of that thing, you know, to make sure it pulled you forward? We like to say we get pushed by our purpose, but we we're pulled by a vision. What's next for you, man? Did you set that up? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, as a, as a CEO, you know, it's like, okay, let's, let's get our focus shifted back to some other areas. You know, it's like whatever, you know, we focus on grows. Right. So, you know, if there was a, a shift for me back into the, the practice, back into building the team, back into, um, you know, engaging the community and, and, and doing what I need to as a CEO. So it's really just a shift of focus. And um, also, you know, I like to take, um, notes on what went well and what didn't go well. So now I have a game plan moving forward of like, okay, these are the areas I got exposed. These are the areas that I, that I did well. And, and also just like, you know, the art of competing. Yeah. I mean, there's an art, there's a, it's an art. And, you know, quite frankly, this is my second in-person competition in nine years. 
you know, individually, I'm, I'm at the CrossFit game. So <laughs> I, I just really, I didn't have a, a lot of the experience, right? And we know that as chiropractors, like there's just so many things we learn, whether it's conscious or subconscious over the years um, that, you know, I, that I was, became highly aware of when I was at that level. So Right. Yeah. I mean, I made my list. I made my list of areas I need to improve on. And, you know, I, I, uh, you know, regrouped with, with Michelle, my wife, and, and I said, you know, what, what does this look like moving forward? And she says, you know, you know, you know, the answer, you're going to go back next year. <laughs> Hashtag unfinished business. <laughs> That's when your wife knows you really well, man. I love it. I love the spirit of that. And, uh, Wow. On the other side of something like that, already thinking about like next year uh, and the laps around the track, you know, that just is everybody recognizes this. There's nothing that replaces experience. Uh, so now uh, when you show up the next time, you're not going to be a travel agent. You can be a tour guide to the next to the new crew that comes in <laughs> and uh, you're just going to have that leg up just in the mindset. Uh, and so much of the champion's mindset, mindset just relies on either their own experience or the experience of their peer group and coaches. So you're awesome, bro. I so appreciate you. Thanks so much for sharing uh, that, those thoughts and this time with our CEOs. Uh, and uh, best of luck, man. We, uh, we're, we're glad we have you out there representing us. And uh, we're really psyched to see what happens next year. Um, I'm, I'm really honored to represent. I mean, there's some chiropractors that are elite CrossFitters, but let's be honest, they're not our, you know, of our, of our brand. So to actually represent the lifetime family wellness principled chiropractic, doing it right. And, and, you know, be on that stage. It did mean a lot to me to, to actually do that. And uh, you know, the respect I have for, for the people that are in uh, the remarkable practices, you know, I, I, we, I know the years that have gone into being who these people are and, and the meaning and significance they have in their communities. And, you know, I know the years that went into the guys that were on that stage, the competitors I was with. And so we had this mutual respect, which is the same mutual respect I have for everybody listening right now. And uh, thanks for listening. And I appreciate the opportunity. Right on brother. All right, guys, remember most people want to be remarkable. Very few people are willing to do remarkable and uh, we're in the business of saving lives. So uh, let's do remarkable. What do you say? Thanks so much, Dr. Justin Brown. Appreciate you. Brother. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.